We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It is a live game preview edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Nobody loves to bank. They love what banking can help them achieve. Emprise Bank is looking to say yes to those with a dream. Whether it's saving for your first home, a new car, starting a family, starting a business like the KCSN Draft Guide, Emprise is your partner impossible? It's Emprise Bank member FDIC. I am here with my dear pal Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew, hello. How are we? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I got uh, big shoes to fill. The second week in a row, I'm having to fill in for the Renaissance man himself, Craig Stout. I'm going to have to bring my defensive excellence, much like Steve Spagnolo did against the Buffalo Bills, calling a near perfect game sans exactly two calls. So this is my Steve Spagnuolo game right here, Kent. Don't tell Chiefs Twitter that. This is the game preview edition. We cover three storylines on offense, three storylines on defense. We do players to watch. All kinds of good stuff on this show. Thanks for watching. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching or listening to this. Leave a five-star review for us if you're listening on audio only. It helps this show. It helps us grow this channel. helps other Chiefs fans find this show. Um, But this is the game preview edition. We are getting ready for Chiefs 33ers tonight oh, and uh no, yeah no, it's back no. baby oh, don't it's bring back. it back it is back i don't even know why the Chiefs don't have one of the Niners picks uh but it's back storyline number one on offense Matthew i think it's protecting Patrick Levon Mahomes how do they do it against a very good front that looks like it's going to be pretty healthy going into this game 
Well, I guess it's uh, you. I think we have to recognize real quick that Javon Kinlaw is still on the IR, so he's not going to play, and you know, he hasn't had a great, a fantastic start to his NFL career. But there's still a lot of talent there, so he's not going to be able to play. It doesn't appear as if Eric Armstead is in line to play either. He has not practiced yet this week. He had missed the last game. So they will be down a couple bodies, but it seems like Nick Bosa will be back. It seems like um, they will be healthy outside of that. So, yes, they have plenty of guys. And even if they don't have guys, they have this guy named Demeco Ryans. Might have heard of him. Really good linebacker in the NFL. Now one of the top five, top three, and he's not three defensive coordinators in the NFL calling shots for them. So yeah, they their defensive line can do some stuff, especially with the guys they have playing right behind them with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. So like, there's a lot of stuff they can do up front that's probably going to pose some issues for the Chiefs. I, I can't, I'm just going to start off this. Do you think we see more three-man pass rush with more spies coming? Like it's, at this point in time, the book is wide open up there and I don't know if it can get any more mainstream to know that that's something the Chiefs struggle with. Do you think the 49ers go that route? You know, I think they will actually a little bit because I think they've got good athleticism and good talent at the linebacker position that can, can present some problems to the Chiefs as a spy. I think it's a smart, you know, tactic to employ, especially considering, you know, hey, uh, maybe we don't see Eric Armstead. You know, I mean, this is still a very good front. Like, there's still pl <coughs> plenty of talent up front, but. Um, yeah, I do think this this is something that they can introduce uh, to to their to their looks that they're going to kind of throw at the Chiefs. I think um, Demeco Ryan's has been a little bit more variable, like a little bit more has presented more variables to their defense than maybe what you saw with Robert Sala. So I think this is something they could definitely throw at them. Right, it, it, it makes sense. Um, I think something the 49ers have done, maybe not the three man rush plus the spy. But they mix up the personnel along their defensive line. So they don't, they are not, they have not decided they're going to play two 300 plus, plus pounders at defensive tackle. On passing downs, they will put other guys in there that are, you know, defensive ends, linebacker level players. So what you could also see is something teams have done against, especially the Broncos have done this a lot under Vic Fangio. And is Vic Fangio consulting for the 49ers? Do I, am I remembering that correctly? No. No, I he's there was with the Eagles, I believe. Okay, I know there was rumors about that, but this is something the Broncos did. They would have four men down, they would rush three, but one of the defensive tackles would essentially just pull up and he's going to stunt around the outside whichever direction Mahomes goes. This team, 100% is set up to do just that. Whether they, If they don't want to use Warner or Greenlaw to spy Mahomes and rush, they can very easily throw in you know, a, a Drake Jackson defensive end, kick him down to defensive tackle. Or, you know, uh, Charles Aminahue would be a great idea for this. And they're not as athletic as, you know, um, a linebacker might be, but they are plenty good enough at coming around the edge to corral Mahomes. So, like, yeah, I think there will be some level of that. This three-man rush, one defensive end's crashing inside to try to force Mahomes out. One's going to loop around deep to try to make sure they keep contain and also try to pressure him a little bit. And then they're also going to have somebody, whether it's a linebacker or these smaller defensive tackles looping over the top. I would be absolutely astounded if we don't see that. So can't like, what's the answer there? What's the answer for the Chiefs to beat that if it comes? I honestly think, I mean, it's a little bit of Mahomes trying to navigate and stay in the pocket a little bit more than he does. And maybe bouncing out a little bit later than he does, I think, at times too. Like he's going to have to step up a little bit. And yeah, the the... 
the 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 spy might come and close a little bit but i think the spy is more looking for him to escape the pocket i think that's at least what the bills were looking to do a little bit so i think he's gonna have to kind of navigate the pocket a little bit differently being willing to hang in a little bit late and kind of look at some of of his alternative instincts and his options outside of the pocket i think at times because you know i think there's a rhythm and a pattern to how mahomes typically tries to escape the pocket so he's gonna have to get a little bit more creative i think when it comes to how he navigates it yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think we've seen some is, some incidences where he has tried to step up and has backfired on him just a little bit. But I think against this type of rush, if they are only going to send three guys, you really got to have these tackles being stout on their inside shoulder. So that way they can hold off that inside crash. And if that's the case, then you literally just have two guys, two rushers working against four blockers. There should be plenty of room to stay in the pocket. I know... I think trying to turn Mahomes into a pure pocket passer has had poor results in the past for the Chiefs comparatively, but I think this is one of those times where he really does need to start being a little bit more comfortable working directly upfield. That just requires the offensive tackles to not get beat to their inside shoulder, which up to this point, especially at right tackle, has been a bit of an issue. So we'll see how that goes in this game against a good defensive you know, line and pass rush. Maddie, the Chiefs offense was getting behind the sticks far too much against Buffalo. And a little bit of that is like it's the play calling. The run game wasn't going at a consistent clip. They were getting themselves in a lot of second or a lot of third and longs because one of those first two downs wound up being a run play for one yard for zero yards. They were they were struggling, I think, at times or for large chunks of the game to get the run game going. Is this something that they can get going against the San Francisco 49ers? Does it matter? I mean, does it matter, right? I, I want to sit here and say it matters because we saw the success that it had against the Buccaneers, but do I think that actually matters for the Chiefs beating a team that when we get to the offensive side, we'll talk about it, the 49ers should put up a ton of points, right? So I don't know if the run game matters necessarily. I would like to say that, yes, I think that they should try to... I don't know why the Chiefs have this thing where they don't want to just main the gap running scheme whether even just pick two plays just decide to run counter 10 times in a game decide to run this pin and pull stuff 10 times in a game i understand why they have to keep the zone runs in there i just don't understand why they don't decide to just grind it out with some of this gap stuff every week that's going to be you're going to have one or two gap runs that you main and it's going to work and that way you'll improve because right now the issue is even when they run some of these things like this that we want to see when they run power, when they run counter, you know, all these different things, they're not executing it great. It's better than the zone runs, but they don't do it a lot. It's hard to be really good at something you don't do very often. So I think the consistency for those types of runs needs to go up. If we want to see this run game really take off, if not, I think it's always going to look pretty poor because they're never going to be a good zone running team. Do we think that they keep the zone stuff because of the RPO game? I, yes, I theorized, I theorized, I theorized that a little bit on, uh, I was on the radio today and I just kind of theorized, like, I think they're holding on to that outside zone run game because that's the best run concept to utilize when you are running this RPO stuff. But it just kind of feels like, I don't say the RPO game's phased out, but it doesn't feel like they're getting as many favorable opportunities to throw ball, the ball behind it. That like, I'm starting to wonder what the value of it is. I I'm with you. I They have had more success not running the RPOs and just quite literally running the quick passing concepts that they would normally pin on the back of an RPO. They've had better luck just running a slant or just running a hitch and they have just stapling it to the back of an RPO. 
that I don't think that it's worth it, right? And I don't think that their run game, they're never going to be a team that's going to get the 50-50 read and decide to run the ball and see what happens. So what what is the rationale for keeping it in there? I would especially love it if the outside zone from shotgun disappears because that is quite possibly their worst run. You want to keep it for under center? Fine. I think that looks okay for them, especially when it's Pacheco out there. He actually looked pretty good against the Bucks again, but he looked good on those. Even Clyde can do those a little bit better because you're reducing the angle he's having to make his cuts at. You're not quite attacking as far outside, but it's the shotgun outside zone stuff. I understand why it's there, but as the RPO starts to dwindle in this office, I wish those runs would as well. Hey, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching this with us. This is the game preview edition. I got another question, another storyline on the offensive side of the ball. It's man-to-man coverage. Uh, this team has, I think, struggled with man-to-man coverage across the board. Uh, I don't think the team, I don't think the Chiefs have handled it particularly well. This is something that you could see with the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think about the Chiefs matchup in man-to-man coverage against the Niners? Look, after seeing the Buffalo Bills pull a complete 180 and play this much man coverage after never, ever doing that under this rendition of the team, I think every team is going to play man coverage versus the Chiefs. Traverius Ward hasn't practiced yet this week for, for the 49ers, and Emmanuel Mosley's just gone on to the IR. So they are potentially going to be without their top two corners. I'm I'm 99% sure Ward's going to play. Uh, he was already trying to beg fans to show up and stuff. So like, I feel like he won't miss this game. But when you're going to deal with you know Traverius Ward, uh, Diamador Lenore and Samuel Walmack trying to cover guys in man coverage. Like this is one of the few matchups where the Chiefs not good versus man coverage wide receivers might actually have the advantage. We we're Chiefs fans. We know what Charvarius Ward looks like when he has to track a guy across the entire field, right? We know what that looks like. So this might be one of the few incidents where okay, you see man to man coverage and you maybe aren't entirely scared off of it like you are most other matchups. Uh, no, for sure. And, you know, like I think D'Amador Lenore had some high, some bright spots when we watched him in, you know, as, as a man coverage player when we were watching him in the draft and, and getting ready for the draft. And, um, you know, Samuel Womack's a good athlete, but I, I still think you like what this team can do, especially, you know, if they're able to hold up on the, in, in, in the front end against a, a very good, you know, talented group of, of pass rushers. I think, yeah, the Chiefs can, can present some problems for this Niners secondary uh, if they do want to try to play a little bit of man coverage. And I, I, I agree with Maddie. I think it makes sense for, for them to try um, a little bit more, honestly. Uh, players to watch, Matthew, what you got? Well, hold on. I, we gotta, we're going to take a quick step back to this. The scary part, though, about trying to beat man coverage, right? And this usually means for the Chiefs, you're going to be working horizontally a little bit more, right? We're going to get into some mesh stuff where it's going to be a little bit longer uh, drop backs, a little bit longer time to throw, but this also means you're going to probably pushing a lot of guys, Patrick Mahomes tendencies. He's not throwing outside the numbers. He's not throwing to the sideline a ton. He does on corner routes. He does when guys run crossers across the field, but they're not throwing a lot of, you know, outs and stuff like that. So he wants to throw in the middle of the field. You're working man coverage. You have to not only beat a guy, then get leverage. But if you're working over the middle of the field, where are you going? You were going directly into Fred Warner. You were going directly into the best linebacker in the NFL arguably the best non-Aaron Donald defensive player in the NFL and Fred Warner that that's one scary thing like that is one big matchup you know nod that the 49ers have for this Chiefs offense is Fred Warner patrols the area where Patrick Mahomes wants to go to and the things that that defense can do because of Fred Warner we think Willie Gay as Chiefs fans makes a huge difference in the coverage stuff that the Chiefs can do and what they can call 
amplify that by like 10 and that gets you to what Fred Warner is. And so you do have to be careful. Even if these guys are beating man coverage and you think you have a window, you still have to find where he's at because not only will he intercept the ball, not only will he light someone up, he's just constantly going to be there and in the way. So that's, that's just one thing to keep your eyes out for as we look at these, you know, Juju specifically, Travis Kelsey working the middle of the field. There is a player that is going to be just as athletic and just as good playing in zone as those two guys are beating zone coverage right there. You just saw Matt Milano just absolutely destroy <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs here, you know, just last week too. Fred Warner is the same kind of player, you know, that can do that. He's a very exciting player. Uh, he'll be lining up a very against a very exciting player in Patrick Levon Mahomes. And I'm just telling you right, Matt, right now, Maddie, you can make every play feel exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Uh, you can do that on this Chiefs Niners game coming up. Uh, I like uh, I like some I like some lines there with with Patrick Mahomes on passing yards. Uh, I think I you can get one with him over 249 yards passing. Uh, the Chiefs to score over two touched or over one and a half touchdowns. A couple lines I like there. Uh, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Matthew, players to watch. Uh, I'm stealing your bit. I'm going with Sky Moore. Uh, we're getting more. We're getting more on here again. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm watching this game back from what the Chiefs did versus the Bills. I'm seeing how the Bills are defending them. I'm seeing what's working, what's not working, how things are going. Sky Moore is very clearly the Chiefs' only player that can be man coverage. There's, I think there's a reason he's on the backside of a lot of their three-by-one stuff. It's one, it's probably a little bit easier to learn the route distributions and combinations from over there. But two, he's the only guy that I think, besides Kelsey, that really has a good shot and prayer to win on some of those routes. You want to have a guy run a deep dig or a slant. I don't know if you're putting some of these other receivers out there on those routes. And it's Sky Moore for a reason right now. I think you're starting to see his usage increase a little bit. You don't see the Chiefs funneling much offense through him. But I think you are starting to see them come up to this issue where they need a reliable man coverage beater. They, When they can get a man coverage ID, they got to have somebody besides Kelsey they can look to immediately. I wonder if we're going into the bye week after this game, you don't start to see a little bit of a shift of, okay, maybe we don't just put him out there to occupy space and be our best option, but we actually try to utilize him. So I am looking for, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge game, but I think we might get Sky Moore's most active game in terms of targets and primary looks, you know, as a real read and a pass play this week, because I think the Chiefs will can try to double down on what their identity is and what's been working so far for their offense. I'm looking at another rookie utilization here. I'm looking at Isaiah Pacheco. I think it was a very underwhelming performance from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We talked about that a little bit this week. I don't know if if Isaiah Pacheco is necessarily the answer. It could be Jarek McKinnon getting involved, especially with the bye week coming up, just kind of continuing to keep him fresh. But 
I want to see what the juice of Isaiah Pacheco can do for this offense in a bigger capacity because he's got the density. He's got the size explosion, the athleticism. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm trying to hang on here, but I I just, I want to see him involved a little bit more. And if they do decide to get him involved a little bit more, because I think, you know, the, the, the chiefs run game and the chiefs utilization of the running backs is lacking that explosive gear. And I think the best, equipped to to do it in a scalable way is actually Isaiah Pacheco. Um, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball, Matthew. It's time. Um, play action pass is always going to be a big thing for the San Francisco night for 49ers. <coughs> Sorry. It's especially yeah. big considering Jimmy Garoppolo needs it to have an effective passing game. For sure. Um, that's a big thing that matters. So their entire offense, and uh, so we kind of have a little bit on this later, but it, it's a lot of run game. It's a lot of horizontal outside zone stretching stuff. They're coming off play action and they're trying to find guys leaking out to the back, leaking out the backside, leaking out to the flats, crossing the middle of the field. This is essentially what the entire offensive passing game is built around. And the hope was with Trey Lance and with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and all these weapons, this would change but it's still kind of how the offense functions. It's still what everything funnels through in the passing game. So the Chiefs, who have had some struggles against the run the past couple weeks, you start to see them in the second half of the Bills game. Linebackers are flying downhill as soon as the ball snapped. Not necessarily on run blitzes, but they are very clearly being intentional about getting downhill because they are not doing a good job reading and reacting and fitting the run from trying to dual read it. So they're coming downhill. If you do that to the 49ers, if you start getting into a habit of doing that, they can really burn you with the play-action passing game. We saw in the Super Bowl, you got Juszczyk getting guys, Kittle's getting guys. Now, all of a sudden, you up their receiver you know, versatility and how dangerous they are with Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And there's a lot of weapons there. They can get wide open off these play-action looks. The Chiefs and linebackers and safeties are going to have to be really, really disciplined when this comes around because there's a chance. You don't want to give the 49ers free big plays by leaving a fullback wide open for a 40-yard play. You don't want to give... George Kittle's a very good player. He's not been the same as what everybody made it up to be leading up to that Super Bowl, right? He's just been a good player, not as game-taking-over player. You don't want to let him take over this game by being wide open, coming off play action over and over and over again. So you got to balance discipline and aggression from the secondary guys. that be really mu- very much on the lookout. Pay attention to your keys and reads because the Bills did a little bit of play action for under center, but not near as much as the Chiefs are about to see this week. I think the pressure is actually mostly on the safeties for this one too, because like, I think the linebackers are going to struggle. I I think they're going to continue to struggle with some of the stuff that they've seen to this point. Um, I don't think they're great about challenging passing lanes. Willie Gay will absolutely help that. Um, His athleticism is a game changer, but I I do think it's going to fall on the discipline of the safeties. Um, I I could see that she's being a little bit more aggressive with everybody. Like they might be a little bit more susceptible to some of these straight verts, I could see that, but I, I think they're going to you know try to be more uh, more mindful of the deep digs and the over routes a little bit. And I think that's where the safeties are going to have to get involved to be a little bit more aggressive there. Um, maybe it's maybe it's challenging to you know play the, the safeties uh, a little bit more, a little tighter. I wonder just because, hey, we're going to we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to force Jimmy G to throw over the top of these safeties like that could be a strategy that they employ. Uh, because I do think the linebackers are going to have problems. Um, there's one player I'll talk about later, my players to watch that I think could really make an impact and really help those linebackers out uh, in a well, very big way. 
Uh, and I would have pulled audible on you. I would have pulled uh, audible on you. We're moving handling 21 personnel in our keys to watch up one. Cause I think it just kind of fits in right. That's here with fine. This, right. So that's totally fine. Go for it. I almost did it myself. Okay. okay so, so we're talking about play action passing, right? And a lot of that's going to be based on for the chiefs. I understand that analytics say that run success doesn't matter for play action passing, but what I can say watching the chiefs, if you have run success, they start playing a lot more aggressive on the second level and the third level. So we can sit here and say that, you know, having run success doesn't matter, but I'm, I just watch how the Chiefs play. If there's the 49ers are having run success, the play action passing will get a lot more dangerous. Part of having run success versus the Chiefs is going with heavy personnel. 21 personnel, you know, getting a fullback in there. The Raiders went with an extra offensive lineman plus a fullback. The Bills were going fullback, tight end sometimes too. They were getting a lot of big bodies out there, forcing the Chief into, Chiefs into base defense, pushing around the defensive line with double teams, getting free climbers up to the second level where Nick Bolton, Darius Harris at times, Leo Chanel's usually as an overhang, so not involved, are struggling to handle these blocks. They are struggling to get beat off these lead blocks or guys climbing up to them. They're late to react. If the 49ers want to come out and heavy personnel, do the Chiefs have any answer? Do they have any solution? Because they have it versus the Raiders. Their solution versus the Bills was just to send the linebackers screaming downhill at the at the snap, which was fine because the Bills weren't throwing a lot of play action at them and they weren't necessarily hitting the crossers in right behind it. But the 49ers team, that's where Jimmy G wants to throw. He lives and dies by throwing a six-yard crossing route right behind the linebackers trying to come up and stop the run. So if they're having success out of this heavy personnel, how are they going to balance this out? I think the Chiefs will hopefully have something figured out because so far they've been terrible against heavy personnel and the 49ers are one of the teams in the NFL that will happily get into it and use it and try to bully you for an entire 60 minutes. That's what scares me about this game is be especially the run defense uh, in, in heavier personnel is what terrifies me because I think the last two teams that you've seen have had their way with the Chiefs when they get them into heavier personnel that's what that's what really scares me because you know if you can move the ball effectively without having to put too much on Joe, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's that's a formula for success. I think is if you can take the ball out of his hands and play twenty one personnel, play heavier personnel, and force this defense to try to stop the run because they haven't proved that they they've been able to. I mean, like 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 Maddie said, the last two teams have just been been able to move the ball with ease when they go with some of that heavier looks the run defense has looked absolutely abysmal and uh, i think that presents some problems for this for this chiefs defense and one of the potential solutions i would anticipate you see this week is the chiefs moving from a little bit out of their split high your too high stuff a lot of split safety stuff i think versus the 49ers you can easily survive in single high you don't have like to spend that. as much time with two safeties deep. So yeah. you can get Justin Reed or I, we have this question from Trish is cook back out of concussion protocol. I believe he was, I believe he did practice today. Um, so yes, he should be back now. I don't think Dion Bush was a problem. I actually like Dion Bush. So I have no qualms, whether it's him or Brian cook, but one of these extra safeties, if they're in there, if you need to not have it be Juan Thornhill, or you want to play out of a bigger nickel for whatever reason, I think you can have success keeping a safety down a little bit lower, spinning or rolling down into the box, probably opposite of Chanel right at the snap. You can insert another guy into the box in this particular game and get away with it a lot better than you could versus the Bills or the Raiders who were looking to take it over the top. And kind of like the, the other side of that is it sounds, from what we know, Trent McDuffie might be back. I guess that hasn't been confirmed yet. But it sounds like we're trending that way. So now all of a sudden, if you have Sneed, 
and McDuffie, who we think is their second best corner. And then that's still Justin Watson or Joshua Williams, who despite giving up two touchdowns, I thought finished the game pretty well. Actually, I thought he made some plays down the stretch. You feel a lot better about those guys maybe holding up one-on-one on the outside in this particular game versus a Jimmy Garoppolo and not Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis working vertically, but Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who are good players, but haven't really proven to be a deep threat, especially with Jimmy G. So I just... Chiefs should try to live in single high a little bit more this week. Secondary getting healthier, get a safety spinning down to the box. I think you can insert an extra body like you have not been able to the last two weeks. Maybe that'll help a little bit. I like that a lot, Matthew. That's a really, really good thought. That's something that they might need to introduce. They're adding a little bit more to the box. Did I tell you that I saw BJ today? Did I let you know that? You did. Well, I saw him today. We were having a good time, uh, but... When I first saw him, do you know what he handed me? He handed me 12 strange-looking tall boys, thought they were beer. They weren't beer. Uh, it, it was actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is the water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. I am literally drinking Liquid Death right now. It is in a Yeti uh, with a little bit of enjoying some Liquid Death. And you can cons- you can cons- you can put some yellow tape around my thirst because it's been murdered. Liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jimmy G. I think pressuring Jimmy G is probably going to be a very valuable piece of this because I think you saw late in the in the Super Bowl, he has a tendency to be affected by pressure. He certainly does. Um, So here's the Jimmy G gets like this labeled as a little bit of a game manager. This guy, it's like safe. He only throws over the middle of the field and stuff like a lot of that's true. But Jimmy also when pressured or just even feeling like he's being pressured. I don't mean legitimately a got a guy about to sack him, but just when the game, when the pressure of the game starts to amp up, he's going to give you about four to five terrible tight window throws over the, usually the middle of the field. He's going to give guys a chance. And the easiest way to, make sure that happens is to pressure him a little bit, make him move off his spot, speed up his clock a little bit. We saw the Chiefs do that to Josh Allen, and especially in that second quarter, but even a little bit in the third quarter, bringing the pressure, showing pressure and dropping out. They were really able to speed up his clock for various stretches of that game, and he was missing a lot of receivers, even if he wasn't being pressured. I don't think that Jimmy G is as good at escaping pressure as Josh Allen. I don't think the 49ers are going to pick up the pressure as well as the Buffalo Bills were able to in that game, I think the Chiefs will be able to get pressure on him. Now, the question is, Kent, do they have to blitz to do it, or do we think they can get some pressure by rushing four? Um, That is one of the biggest questions because this team has been so inconsistent um, with, with, with pressure with four. I'm actually going to kind of I'll, I'll I'll end this comment here in a second with uh with my players with my player to watch but I do think that this offensive line as a whole especially along the interior can be susceptible to pressure um obviously uh, I think Trent Williams and Mike <coughs> Mike McGlinchey both practiced today um that is big for the San Francisco 49ers I'm sorry 33ers um 
So that's going to help with the edge pressure. But um, I'll give you my player to watch right now. I think Chris Jones is a guy that can really wreck this game the same way he wrecked the second half of the Super Bowl the last time that these two teams played. That length, that challenging in the middle of the field, just getting his arms up, I think can really present some problems for Jimmy Garoppolo trying to throw the football. Um, I think this is a big Chris Jones game potentially because I think that interior offensive line is susceptible. Now, I will say they've got to keep him off schedule because I think that they will uh, they will wham Chris Jones. They will take advantage of some of his gap discipline at times here. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I, I think this could be a big Chris Jones game because I think he's a guy with the length and the ability to challenge some of the passing lanes of Jimmy Garoppolo that he could really present some problems and kind of help the middle of that defense as they're trying to navigate some of the, 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 the deep stuff behind the linebackers and into the safeties. Yeah, so Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey were both limited participants in practice today. It seems like Trent Williams might be turning towards playing. McGlinchey's a little bit more up in the air. That can't get anything concrete for him that I've seen yet. Uh, either way, McGlinchey hasn't been that great. Trent Williams coming off an injury, still a very excellent left tackle, but you feel almost okay with if you happen to be the team lucky enough to get to play him coming straight off the injury, that's the best time to probably play him in terms of having success. So Four-man pass rush could maybe look okay this week, right? You get two offensive tackles maybe returning from being injured, an interior offensive line that has not been that good. You know the Chiefs defensive line is hearing a lot about how they have not been particularly good the past couple weeks or the entire season. Frank Clark catches a lot of heat from fans. He's been pretty deep. He's the one defensive lineman besides Chris Jones that I think has actually been pretty consistently good the past few weeks in terms of getting pressure. It's not a ton. It doesn't justify the contract but he's actually been pretty good the past couple weeks. So you're hoping you can get some with four. I do think with the 49ers, I don't, I think it's, I think it's a quality team. I think you can pressure Jimmy G with some blitzes though. I think if you can, the way Steve Spagnuolo likes to mix them up and you send extra guys, I don't know if I think Jimmy G is the guy that is going to recognize it, identify where his hots are going to be. If it's taken away, who's next in the progression, get there quickly and get deliver off the ball. He will turtle up and take a sack. He will throw a bad pass into coverage. He will give them an opportunity to make plays on him or the ball if they get him with the blitzes. They got Josh Allen with free runners at least four or five times in that game that he got away from. Now, he didn't do anything with it, but he got away from free blitzers consistently. I don't see the Niners doing that. So I think it's just going to be a good mix of blitzing, dropping guys out, and I think I think we might have a slight uptick from the four-man pass rush closer to what it had been before the last two weeks where it's been kind of... Uh, kind of effective even though it doesn't look pretty i want to add something really quick about 21 personnel um do it i was and it's, it's actually more like that that heavy six lineman personnel and i i think it's probably good that the chiefs aren't getting a completely healthy trent williams this week because oh. this would be the perfect you know where i'm going with this yeah this would have been the perfect week, and it, it still could be where if you saw Trent Williams in the playoffs this last year, they put him off the ball, added a sixth lineman, and let him motion and and kind of move all over the line. <clears throat> and that was that was problematic for teams. Like they like the I think it was the Cowboys, they had no answer for it. It was just like they were they were they were getting Trent Williams off the ball. They were pulling him. They were kind of turning him into like the, 
like almost a sniffer at times and stuff. Like they just were doing all different kinds of stuff with him. This would be a prime Zorro motion with him for sure. And they would put it on there all the time. It was nuts. This would be a terrible week for Trent Williams to be healthy. I don't think they're going to do that, but if they do, like I wouldn't like just tell I'm just going to say right now, I wouldn't be stunned if this is the week where they take Trent Williams off the line of scrimmage and let him run around. (laughs) Yeah, no, the 49ers have definitely been one of the teams in the NFL that still utilizes a sixth offensive lineman at times. And yeah, they like to move Trent Williams all as the sixth offensive lineman when they do that and, you know, flank him out. I don't know if their offensive line is healthy enough to pull that off right now, though. Right. Even if I just even if Williams and McGlinchey can play, I just don't know if they that's uh, something they feel super strong about. Maybe they will. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's definitely something to keep in mind. And I'm going to kind of parlay this in here and it's going to go into my my players to watch a little bit, too. So I guess. Tackling. We just got to briefly touch on tackling, right? Heavy personnel. This isn't so much pressure, but it's talking back to the heavier personnel. The 49ers are a team that can run the ball very well against the team, and they can create manufactured yards from receivers, quick passing, if you can't make tackles. If you're going to miss tackles at the rate the Chiefs have missed tackles, they're going to give up a lot of free yards to a 49ers team that loves to win the game that way. You want to talk about a team pounding the rock for 60 minutes, throwing a bunch of screens, a bunch of quick plays, getting the ball to playmakers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, the, the Wilson cat, who I don't know if he's still a real player or not that plays running back for them, George Kittle, Juice Check, all these guys, they can make guys miss. And the 49ers will get, gladly put the ball in their hands 60 times in this game, no farther than three yards down the line of scrimmage if you let them. The Chiefs are going to have to make tackles. They're going to have to finish plays in this game, and they are going to be pressed by good athletes when trying to do so. It's something they haven't been good at this year. This game is going to stress that. I think one guy that's really going to help that, I'm not going where everyone thinks, give me some Justin Reed as my player to watch. One of the few guys that has actually tackled well for this team. Good range. I, we already talked about maybe they shouldn't be rolling this extra safety down in the box, playing close to the line of scrimmage. Justin Reed is the obvious guy that you know makes the most sense there when you look at his tackling ability, his athleticism. I think he could have a big game here just in terms of limiting some of this stuff on the outside. Yes, sorry to steal him if you were going to talk about him. Willie Gay hopefully is back for this game. That is going to help with the range. We've seen him miss his fair share of tackles too, though, right? Yes, it's better than not getting there at all, but he still misses some tackles. Justin Reed coming downhill, making some stops, delivering hits like he's done against McKenzie, saving touchdowns like he did against Josh Jacobs. He hasn't been perfect for the Chiefs this year, but he's been very good for them, and I think this is the kind of game that might stress his importance more than some of the games with a more passing-heavy script. All right, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching this. We really appreciate it. It helps us. As we're trying to grow KCSN, uh, it helps more Chiefs fans find content like this. It's prediction time, though, Maddie. What you got? Ooh, predictions. This is a tough one. Um, the 49ers defense hasn't a lot of touchdown at home, if I remember correctly. The most points they have allowed at home. I got to quickly go back to my research here. Oh, they've only played two home games so far. Okay, but they've allowed seven and nine points. That's not a lot. The most points scored against them all years, 28 by the Falcons. Next up is 19 by the Chicago Bears of all teams. Um, they don't give up a lot of points. It's a good defense. She's got a bye week right around the corner. They know they're about to get some time off. They know that they're about to reset, recoup some stuff. I think that they might try to just kind of slog through this game a little bit, make sure they come out with the win, not try to introduce a lot of new stuff. Maybe they aren't going for the throat from the get-go because this is just about getting a win and getting to that week off, getting some rest, recalibrating. I'm going to take the Chiefs 27 
to 20, a little bit closer than we feel comfortable with here. I think the 49ers offense does present some issues for the way the Chiefs defense is playing right now. And like I said, I am not sure the Chiefs have everything figured out to beat a good defense. 27 is still a lot of points, don't get me wrong. I just don't know if this is going to be that complete rebound game that we're used to seeing from the Chiefs after a rough offensive performance. You should go look at the, who the Niners have played so far this year. I see it. It's bad. I And that's not criticizing your take because I have the exact same score. 27-20 Chiefs. That's who, what I'm predicting as well. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Um, I don't think this offense is going to click and fire on all cylinders. I think they're still going to kind of try to figure some things out. Um, I think they're still trying to piece some things together here a little bit. Um, and I, I think this is another one of those weeks. The good news is you get out of here with a win, 27-20. You get the bye week, and then things start clicking. The, the, the climb towards a Super Bowl, towards the playoffs, starts beginning in earnest. I have 27-20 Chiefs. Uh, Maddie, you want to jump in here for a second, don't you? Breaking news. Andy Dalton has now capped off back-to-back drives with pick sixes. Back to back. He threw another drives. one? Back to back drives with pick sixes. The Arizona Cardinals have scored 14 points on defense in a minute and 40-some second stretch of football. Oh my goodness. I, I can't. It's got to end the shows before I die from laughter. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory Game Preview Edition. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching, for listening, for putting up with my voice as I'm trying to get over this sickness. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch you after a Chiefs win on the KCSN postgame show. Talk to you later.